Friends, and we are continuing on our reviews of Series 12 of Doctor Who. And who are we? Well, let's start this week with Clarence Brown. Clarence, how are you? Doing quite well, sir. I'm doing good. And as always, I think I say this every time, I am happy to be on another episode of Discussing Who. Awesome. Awesome. Well, as always, I am glad to have you on an episode of Discussing Who. And again, continuing the as always, as always, I'm glad to say welcome back, Lee Shackelford. Right. And as always, I'll say that I'm I'm doing well and hope you're the same. I hope I am the same, too. I'm a little <laughs> under the weather, but you know what? Oh, dear. Uh, I'm here. I'm talking Doctor Who, and yeah. I'm not coughing at the moment. So, yeah. woohoo. I'm happy. So, gentlemen, question. I think it's time for some news, and I mm. was curious to see if you guys had any news before I have two items, but I was curious to turn it over to you to see if either of you have any news. <clears throat> not I. Really do not. All right, Mr. Brown, what about ye? Same. I have not nothing, sir. All right. Well, I have something fantastic. And what is fantastic, other than absolutely fantastic, is oh. we have another Apple podcast review. And it comes from Whovian8254. And the heading says, love it. And the synopsis says, great podcast, kind, funny guys, and a complete and utter joy to listen to. Keep it up. Thank you, Whovian number 8254. We appreciate that. And for everyone listening, if you would like to have your review read on a future episode, please go out, Apple Podcast, leave a rating, leave us a review, and we will read it on an upcoming show. And always, if you don't use Apple Podcasts, there are some Android people out there, Clarence Brown being one of them. But if you do use another device other than an iOS and you use another podcatcher, please, you know, leave us a review on that. It helps us get discovered and we would very much appreciate it. So my second thing in the news is there are series 12 episode titles that have been confirmed. Of course, we know Orphan 55 is the one we're reviewing here tonight, but we also have episode four, Nikola Tesla's Night of Terror, Episode <laughs> 5, Fugitive of the Jadoon, and Episode 6, Praxius. 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 So let, I'll go in mm. reverse order for synopsis. Yeah. So how, how do you spell that? P-R-A-X-E-U-S. E-U-S, okay. That synopsis is, the doctor and her friends split up to investigate multiple mysteries across planet Earth. What they find will... Threaten all of humanity. Hmm. Hmm. That could be anything. Anything. All right. Fugitive of the Jadoon. Stomping their way into present day, <laughs> the Jadoon are on a hunt for someone on the run. Who is the fugitive? And why are these alien mercenaries after them? Again, could be anything. Stomping <laughs> their way into the present day? Yes. Huh. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. They were in present day when they first came to Earth in Series 3. Oh, now I'm looking at IMDb, and what it says there is stomping their way into present day Gloucester. The Jadoon are on the hunt for someone on the run. Yes. So, yeah, it's just letting us know that we're in England and that it's it's today. So we're not going to Gloucester, say, of you know the 12th century or something, Ben. Cool. Interesting. Okay. And good for you, my friend, because I just omitted that word because I didn't know how to pronounce it. 
<laughs> it certainly looks like Luke Hester to us, but it's, yeah, <laughs> so that's why I didn't say it. That's right. So thank you for saying it. All right. So for the episode four synopsis, it says inventor Nikola Tesla's uh, is at war with his rival Thomas Edison. However, there is an even greater threat in their midst. Yes. And I'm looking forward to this because I love Tesla and, um, because yeah, a lot of us, uh, um, tech nerds who love Tesla, history nerds love Tesla. You come to hate Thomas Edison, which, uh, you know, for a lot of us seems counterintuitive. We, we were, we were raised as Americans to think of Edison as some kind of a saint. Yeah. And he was not. And he stole from a lot of people, including Nikola Tesla. So, you know. Interesting. That should be fun. That yeah, we fun. so so we're we're visiting historical events again, but uh, of course there's going to be some kind of an alien interference in the midst of this, I'm sure, as well. And I hope it has to do with electricity. Otherwise, there's no point in it being <laughs> Tesla and Edison. Mm. And coals, keys, light bulbs. You know. Yeah, I'm going to think <laughs> right. that it's going to have a scorpion-looking bad. Creature looking oh, thing. That's true. That was in the trailer. Yes. Yes. So there's another episode, and I think it would be just appropriate to say the synopsis of this one Orphan 55. It was, of course, the third episode of series 12, and it says, Exhausted and wrung out, the doctor <laughs> and her friends embark on a much needed holiday, but it's not the relaxing break they had hoped for. <laughs> so at this point, I want to say, if you have not seen Orphan 55, go out, put us on pause, or put us on pause, then go out, watch the episode, then come back, take us off pause, and that is so cool because I am watching Lee Shackelford's video doing exactly what I am doing. And without further ado, you didn't know it had a whole uh, a whole hand jive that went with it. Didn't exactly, because I always do that, and that is <laughs> yeah. like contact that you got that. So. Without further ado, spoilers. 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 Alrighty, the spoiler warning has gone out and we are back to review Orphan 55. It is the third episode of the 12th series of Doctor Who and it aired first on the 12th of January 2020. So Clarence Brown, I want to take it first with you. Some review. What say uh, you? Uh, definitely a message that we all need to hear. Uh, the sorry that Graham didn't get to enjoy his vacation as much as he would have liked to. And also, um, I'm not sure how I feel about the whole daughter mother, uh, relationship. We'll get into it. All right. What about you guys? Lee Shackle. Uh, we're just kind of doing our, um, Quick overview. Yeah, I, I really started out enjoying this episode a lot, and I feel like it just takes a nosedive. It's a uh, really love the first half of it, and then uh, yeah. So I think you could not have said that any better than what you did. Because, I don't know how to spell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it literally felt like. Oh wow, this is kind of cool. I'm really enjoying this. Benny, and I was enjoying Benny, and then all of a sudden, like you said, about halfway through, and then, you know, it just like totally just plummeted uh, uh, at the very end for me. As you said, we'll get into it. 
So yeah, those are our initial yeah. thoughts, and I'm curious <laughs> to see what you guys thought. So let's start at the beginning. So at the beginning, we see that there is some lizard-looking creature whose tail is in the TARDIS, and they're cleaning up, and Graham is being Graham, and he's putting something together, some cards or coupons that he's got. But I want to ask you guys about Graham in particular. And what I want to ask is, do you guys notice that his voice, his voice ticks, his voice mannerisms seem to be a little bit more relaxed and cockney a little bit this season as opposed mm-hmm. to maybe last season? Yeah. Yeah. And they're allowing him more slang too, which, uh, yeah, I have, I have indeed noticed this. Yeah. So, so thoughts about that. Why do you think they chose to do that? I think it's part of the, the evolution of the characters really is that, um, one of the things we saw was a very spontaneous hug between uh, Ryan and Graham. And remember that the don't hug thing was it was a big part of season one or the, their first year together. So uh, t- time has passed. Time has moved on and people are more comfortable with each other. Maybe Gra- Graham used to have a more uh, – he used to sort of put on a bit of posh, used to working with the public. And uh, now he can relax around these people. He can – I don't know. That's my theory. Hmm. Clarence, any thoughts from you? Uh, no, particularly on the, um, the, 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 the different ways talking. I really didn't notice it. <laughs> uh, but, uh, just on Lee's comment about how they interact this season, uh, I do like that, you know, with that entire transformation in season one of them getting closer. And now, as we'll see in this episode, they're like having fun, you know, uh, very much buddy buddy throughout. The, the rest of the, uh, of the, this season so far. So I'm enjoying that between those characters. It was cool seeing the, spa- was it a space octopi or something that tentacle? They, they call tentacle? it a squid. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. <laughs> I would imagine them getting attacked in space or something. And, you know, we'd like to have seen it actually. Yeah. I, I, I was about to say that I would have liked, that would have been something that I would have liked to have seen. So let's go to the tranquility spa and the first thoughts that, first impressions that you guys had of the spa itself and Clarence I'll let you take this one first any initial thoughts on the spa I don't know um <laughs> seem okay at first it seemed very interesting at first I thought they were really going to have a good time but of course something always has to go wrong in Doctor Who and from the first encounter Ryan had with the vending machine, you kind of know that this is not going to go well. So, um, yeah, Graham is not going to get to relax too much on this one, although he really wants to. So, <laughs> okay, sit down for a minute. Yes. Lee, what do you think? I wasn't ready to leave the TARDIS yet. I wanted to ask you about his, uh, uh, his coupons. Okay. Well, for one thing, um, all of us who are fans of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy uh, may have recognized this as sort of a, maybe a reference to, um, uh, hitchhiker, uh, in, in one of the hitchhiker books, uh, people go to another planet by getting a coupon that says, you know, you, you, you got free admission. And what it means is you, when you get this card, you're going because <laughs> it's a <laughs> teleporter. <laughs> so, cool. um, so that's sort of what's happened to Graham and he, it activates by being by six cards being stacked into a cube. Where have we seen that before? Help, help us out here. At the end of war games, that's how the doctor summons the time lords. 
He Interesting. Has, he, yeah, he has six cards like that, and they fold up into a cube. Although, watch the last uh, part of uh, War Games. His cards uh, make the cube by themselves. Interesting. But it is it is a actually sort of a, a distress signal, but uh, but it has kind of the same idea that it's going to cut through time and space and in, in the way that Graham's does. But uh, but anyway, um, yeah, not a lot to think about uh, about tranquility. I love that it's called that, and um, um, and and we're we're always surrounded from the beginning by these uh, with a soothing voice over the tannoy, and I it's something that, that you, you get in a lot of science fiction and I always enjoy it. Uh, I've indulged in this myself <laughs> is having a, a pre-recorded voice that is grossly underestimating the situation. <laughs> so like toward the end when everything is on fire and there's holes in the wall and you know, these things are, everything is going to hell. The voice says tranquility spies experiencing momentary operational difficulties. And yeah. just, I just always love stuff like that. So uh yeah, so that's my thing about that. Are we going to talk about hyphen? Is that where we're going next? Oh yes, but I want to. I want before we hyphen uh, okay. into the next one. You, it's interesting that you brought up the war games because mm. one of the things the doctor says in this is when I say run, run, and yes. this was known as a favorite saying of the second doctor. Right. So, so, so it's c- interesting connection there. Oh, I think somebody's really thinking about the second doctor here. I don't think the little cube thing was an accident. And yeah, this is the triumphant return of when I say run, run. run. So, yeah. So let's go into hyphen. Talk about hyphen. And I'll take this one first. <laughs> this was my first inclination or my first warning sign that this was going to go in a bad direction because I was thinking of the cat nuns and thinking about Mm -hmm. how in 2006 they looked so well done as, you know, makeup artist, et cetera. And I felt that this was nothing but a bad cosplay and an extremely bad cosplay. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Thoughts? Clarence? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I go for it, Lee. Well, it's the difference between having uh, appliances and hair and having paint. I mean, Hyphen literally has a dog face painted onto her face. Yes. And, and, and you're right. That is really disappointing after we saw cats like Brannigan and the, and the nuns. And, and it made me wonder, was the intent? Let's reject the idea that it's just incompetent. It was the intent that this is part of a culture that, that that she's part of a culture that likes to dress up as dogs. I mean, and if so, that's a thing. And you, we, the, 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 the episode should be telling us about that. Yes. But no, we just have somebody who has a sort of cartoon dog face painted on like like you would get at a carnival. But she has a tail. Yeah, and a tail. Which, yeah, the which, which, tail. which may or may not actually, you know, be connected to her i mean Clarence. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh man it was bad it was bad i almost wondered if somebody looked at the movie schedule and said okay cat's coming out around the end of 2019 we, can, we better have a dog yeah it, well, it, it it and that one looks equally as bad but mm-hmm. you know um i don't know it just threw me out of the episode to be quite honest Whereas in other situations where we had the mechanic and his kid where they did just subtle thing of making the hair green, like, okay, you know, that looks cool. Looks futuristic. But the fact that they just uh, put her in this costume that seemed like anybody could have made, I'm just, why? 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 Exactly. She looks for all the world like John Candy and Space. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) 
And that's what I was about to say. Okay. And, and you know what? Me. If that was a nod to that, if they still, if they should have given some kind of in canon, in story explanation, otherwise it just made the, it cheapened the episode as a whole to me. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, Clarence, you said it best. It took you out of the episode at that point and, and was like, wow, you, you're, you could do so much better than that. And I'm like, I could do so much better than that, you know? So next one up I want to talk about is the hopper virus. What's, what do you guys think about this thing that comes from a vending machine and hops literally from inorganic to organic thoughts? I think it was a good opportunity to see Ryan act a bit crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I, I think maybe the funniest part of that was seeing him have to, <laughs> uh, be delirious and then suck his thumb, which led to an interesting moment with the, the, uh, the, the daughter. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I think it was pretty interesting. Um, something different. I, I, I don't know if I believe from jump, jumping to machines to organic objects, if, if that's a thing, but you know, it's the future. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. But we'll Possibly. get to that. But we'll get to yeah. that. All right. No. Lee, what, wait, what say you? Wait, wait, no, go ahead. Po- possibly the future? Oh, it's the future, yeah. Yeah, okay, it's the okay. future. It's definitely the future. Okay. We, we uh, hope an extreme distant future. Yeah, right? yeah. But, but I want to talk about that again later. Uh, and I also want to talk about Bella crouching in the corner, sucking her thumb. All but, right. So let's uh, talk about that, Lee Shackleford. Well, I, I thought we'd come to it by and by, but uh, anyway. Well, she was, that we are at the point now that she was crouching in the corner. Oh, okay. Yeah, true. Um, well, but knowing what we know from the end of the episode, okay, and now thinking back, why is Bella crouching in the corner sucking her thumb? Were we to assume she was affected by the 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 virus as well? Mm-hmm. Which she planted. Right. It, you know what so, that's called? It's called a plot hole. Well. Or is it? Yeah. Well, I, I guess that's what I wanted to ask was that's what it feels like to me that, I mean, I, so – after we've seen the episode, thinking back on that moment, are we to understand that she has accidentally infected herself and that we we just missed her thinking that she's surrounded by bats, uh, <laughs> which I would have paid good money to see? Or is this a ruse of some kind? Is she over there because she's waiting for Ryan to come out of it because she needs his help? Or if so, it's just it's just not clear. Yeah, it is later clear. later on. We should have said, "Aha, that's why she was over in the corner sucking." But otherwise, no. She's just now that we know that she's the one who did that in the first place. Why is she doing that? I think it's a plot hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plot hole. Okay, that's mark mark down first plot hole. <laughs> <laughs> we need to come up with it with another. Uh, I'll work on this. We need another uh, sound effect that we can drop in a, a siren that blows. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe a maybe a maybe a cloister bell. <laughs> plot so hole. You use, the, you use that in the spoilers. But yeah, I do. Anyway. All right. So plot hole notwithstanding, we pretty much jump right into figuring out that there is something going on in the tranquility spa that all is not as it it so seems. Mm -hmm. And the story just kind of goes from there. And the story goes down from there, in my opinion. (laughs) But uh, it does go from there. We do have some cool moments, though. And one particular moment that I really enjoyed was after they get on this ship or this truck or whatever it's called, 
there is a moment when Ryan and Bella are talking and they're kind of having this connection moment. You see Yaz sitting down there and she's interested and she's looking down like, what are they talking about? I like that. That This was actually a scene that I enjoyed watching, but I was curious to know what you guys thought about that. <laughs> yeah, that was my favorite scene in the episode. Yeah. <laughs> To have them two kind of flirting a little and the doctor just pop right between them. <laughs> hey, what are you guys talking about? Clueless. Yeah, Clueless. yeah Ryan. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? <laughs> Our parents are dead. Uh, uh, we've got dead parents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh, okay. Good. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and yes, and Ryan are emerging as sort of being brother and sister, aren't they? Yeah, they are. She's, she's yeah. giving him a little grief there. Hey, what you doing over there, Ryan? So she, can, she can see exactly what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. My note was that, um, Ryan's chatting up needs work, which, and that's cute. But I, I really like the fact that he, he tells her what he really does. And he says he's too, because he's too honest to lie about what he does for a living. And, and that makes me admire him all the more. So yeah, it's just, it's just good for Ryan all around. Although, you know, what's interesting is he says I work in a warehouse, so he hasn't been there in a year, apparently. <laughs> and, and also, if he really wants to talk about what he does, he could say, I travel through space and time with a, yeah. And, you know, I, yeah. Yeah. Well, while, while, while Yaz has a pretty good excuse to be gone, I guess, like, what's Ron's excuse? <laughs> he said multiple injuries we, we learned last week. <laughs> yeah. Huh. But, but, you know, that's what's interesting in, in a story to where at any point in time the doctor can control the TARDIS more so. And then sometimes the doctor can't, but why? Just not take them back. Like I think one of the two of you mentioned last week talking about Clara, where the doctor would literally pick her up uh between classes and bring her back between classes right at the yeah. moment she left. Right. You know, so exactly just interesting. Oh, yes. man. Speaking of plot holes, like, why not just go back to get the TARDIS and go get what's the guy's name? Who's wondering? Benny. The, Benny yeah, Benny. Oh, yeah. Why not just go back to the tar, get the TARDIS and go get Benny? Or was the power down at that time already? There was a reason. There's a double talk reason why you can't use the teleporter. Hmm. Yeah. Or maybe the doctor doesn't want to use the teleporter yet because she wants to fix the problem that's, that's going on here. So, and she knows that there's only one, that when they go back, that's it. They, they ah, gotcha. Uh, I mean, so that, so that, she that doesn't actually know where they're at, probably. Oh, right. Not yet. Yeah. And actually, this is something that actually does make some internal logic, because usually the doctor can step outside and say, not only, you know, I'm on the earth, but I'm in the 18th century and I'm I'm in the 19th century and I'm tasting steam, you know, but she doesn't know she's on the earth this time. Well, she's inside the dome. Yeah. You know, and then she's out in this uh, nuclear wasteland where there's, you know, one percent oxygen. So, you know, I'll buy it. Okay, yeah, yeah. no, she she doesn't know what she's on the earth. Huh? Okay, all right. So I know we're jumping around, but I want to talk yeah, but, now about the dome. If you yeah. don't, guys, don't mind. What did you guys think of this revelation that they were under? They were in a big stadium, basically. Yeah, that's actually kind of a, a cool idea. I like that, and that from all they can tell, looking outwards from. You know, any spot in the dome, they're seeing these beautiful vistas around them that just simply aren't there. Yeah. All right. Clarence, what say you? Yeah, I, I completely love it, man. I thought it was awesome. Um, very hollow deckish, if that's a word. Right. Yep. It is now. Yeah, <laughs> and it reminded me a lot of, wow, I'm forgetting the episode name already. 
the episode when Donna and, and, and Tan went on a vacation. Midnight. Yeah, midnight. And it was sort of similar. Mm-hmm. They couldn't go really out in the elements, but, you know, confined, they were safe. So, uh, yeah, I, I felt a lot of echoes from that in this episode and the whole concept of the dome. Uh, thank you, because I, while I was watching this the second time, I was thinking, this reminds me of our conversation about another episode. I couldn't think of what it was. It was when we were talking about Midnight, and one of us, I think it was you, Clarence, who, who brought up, the, I think, the very reasonable question about Midnight. Why in the world would anybody build a resort <laughs> on this planet? <laughs> and then the same thing happens here. It's yeah. like, what? Uh, there actually is a reason in, the, in this one. But. And, and I, actually like, yeah, I, was, I actually like the reasoning here or yeah. uh, to, mm-hmm. to you know terraform it and eventually you will own the place because nobody else wanted it you know right she's yeah. raising money it's yeah. yeah let's talk about kane and bella we've already talked about bella and at any time guys please uh jump in if you have a point that you want to break up because obviously <laughs> this is not one of my favorite episodes so if you have a point that that, that we've skipped please 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 jump jump in by all means. That said, Kane and Bella. Yeah. I, well, let's talk about Kane first. <laughs> what did you guys think of the name Kane and this character, Kane? Oh, it just struck me that Bella is a, is an anagram of Abel, isn't it? Oh dear, they're Kane and Abel. Oh my goodness. Oh. <laughs> all right. I didn't get that. Uh, maybe, and that could be a complete accident, but. I bet it's not. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I, when Bella's holding the gun on her mother and she's saying, uh, "Me, I'm nobody." <laughs> I, I really wanted to say, "Oh, but, but Palpatine's your grandfather." <laughs> but oh, no, burn! <laughs> that was oh, somebody brutal. Her, you know? Clarence, what say you? Man, I, I really. I didn't like that. I didn't like the relationship or the lack of relationship. You would hope that when a mother sees her daughter, you know, who, who, who knows how long they've been, you know, separated, mm. but you think she'd at least kind of know it's her daughter. Uh, but to really have no clue until she's to- told about it, you know, how, how, who knows how long she's been gone. Um, that just made me sad <laughs> for the most yeah. part, but. Also, when you think of this notion of revenge in such a extreme way, um, that didn't fit right with me as well. So, no, I totally, 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 totally agree. I, I I thought this was unbelievable. To to be blunt, it just didn't. You know, it it was like you did that for a punch, you know, or a uh, emotional moment but there mm. wasn't an emotional moment there because for all intents and purposes it made Kane was already an unlikable character to me and yeah. on the other side it made Bella an unlikable character <laughs> right <laughs> now we hit them both yeah exactly yeah you know and, and and it's probably worth pointing out that we saw somebody gleefully murder their mother last week yes we did so is is that the theme of the season? <laughs> is, are we in for, I don't know, 10 more of these? I oh, mean. man. <laughs> wow, that is crazy now that you point that out. <laughs> I didn't think about that until just now. Uh, yeah, I don't what know what's going on. What are we on. doing? Yeah. Let's talk about Benny and I cannot remember her name, but I will say that I have a new 
Mommy. Oh, God. I, I thought you were going there. I thought you were going there. <laughs> yeah. I have a new, I have a new. Have you seen, where's my Benny? Benny. Benny. Oh, oh <laughs> this was actually one of the highlights for me. I, I, I liked, I liked Velma and Benny very much. I thought that was an interesting, uh, sort of through line. But, um, so, so where was Benny exactly? That is he, called a plot hole. Uh, I, oh, was I it? Have, well, I have read, uh, uh, social media proclaims, and therefore it must be so, uh, I have read on the internets that uh, this episode came in at, um, its cut that was presented to the BBC was 10 minutes too long. It was an hour and 10 minutes long. And so a lot of things had to go. And I think I can tell where some awkward cutting happened. But I think that some of it was probably sacrificial that this director and this, this, this whole team really wanted to make it an all out R rated horror movie. And so they gave him 10 minutes of stuff to cut. And I think something uh, god awful happened to, uh, Benny and they may have, they may have filmed it. It, it may have, it may be a cut scene somewhere. I don't know. But but I was thinking of uh, Alien, which famously had a scene uh, cut <laughs> that would have pushed it outside of its original rating. And I think has been restored now in pretty much every print of Alien that's out there where we find Captain Dallas and he has been dragged away by the xenomorphs. And so we assume he's dead, but we find him and he has been kind of taken apart. And then horrifyingly, we realize he's actually, he's still alive. They're using him to incubate uh, more eggs. So, and Dal and Ripley says, you know, my God, what can I do? And he says, kill me. Yeah. Um, you, it's been a long time now since alien. You can't not think of that when, uh, when we hear Benny say, you know, find me and kill me. But then when we hear Kane talk about it, the doctor says, did you really see Benny out there? And she said, yes, I did. Uh, and I killed him, you know, because he asked me to, uh, why didn't you do it in the first place? And she says, because he was having fun. Huh. Or, or why didn't why didn't the dregs kill him? Because they were having fun. Yes. Well, the the quote is he was having fun. Oh, okay. Interesting. But I don't know. I noted the pronoun because it's Wiggly. The first time I watched this episode, I thought they meant that Benny was having fun, and this time I thought she means the dreg was having fun. Hmm. Uh, and, and maybe our imaginations are supposed to to run with that. Uh, if so, ew. And uh, huh? <laughs> Yeah, Why? that's weird. <laughs> Why? I just but 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 even before the ooh, which ooh, the other part is you've just acknowledged that these beings are sentient. Uh, yeah, you know they're yeah. not just mindless creatures out there that are attacking because you're there. If he was having a concept of fun and he right. was having fun, whatever fun yeah. may be, is sentient to have fun. Uh, and then there's the other layer on top of that, which is that we're trusting Kane to tell us the truth about anything. So yeah. I, I don't know whether to completely discount all of that or to or to, to hate this episode forever because of this one <laughs> completely abhorrent idea in it. Or I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But while we're here, let's talk about the dregs. And I, I, I just I, I have to say that I it's like it's finally clicked into place for me when we were talking about the. um Oh, the things in the, it's a Martha Jones episode and they've got, um, uh, like rebreathers on their faces. Uh, you yeah, 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 yeah. A doctor's daughter. Uh, thank you. Yes. And, uh, yeah. And we're eventually going to, 
bring all these uh, races together and we'll make peace. And we were trying to figure out whether the apparatus that they have is somehow organically part of their body or do yeah. they, have, they have a shop where they go get these or, or what happened? <laughs> And the, and the guys who are, you know, of completely humanoid, except that they have fly heads, you know, in the desert planet thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> desert planet. Just not bothering to learn the titles of episodes that I don't like. Planet of but the Dead. It's called Planet of the Dead, but, um. Desert planet. I, I did remember that because <laughs> there is, there is the reveal of the episode that it is literally a planet made up of dead things and that that is kind of cool. But, um, but, but my point is, is that it, it's all finally kind of clicked for me that what I'm just tired of is, uh, guys in rubber suits kind of monsters. And I know it's because I'm, <laughs> I've seen too many movies. I think sort of the first kind of full scale rubber suit monster thing, you know, where you say, wow, is there a person in there or what? You know, yeah. is probably the creature from the Black Lagoon, maybe? I mean, that was 1954. So that was 66 years ago. And I just want to say, time to move on. Um, I am no longer frightened by something that is obviously a dude wearing a, a rubber suit. Yeah. Um, it, so I see these guys with their with their big teeth and they're going, because that's what they always do. You know, <laughs> I don't, I just don't care. I just don't care anymore. Yeah. You know, but, but now these, these things that could come straight through the wall in, um, in Spyfall, I thought that was awesome. And they're, and they're, they're you know, surrounded by this nimbus of light and everything. That's fascinating to me. The, the two dimensional people in, um, Flatline. Flatline. Thank you. I was going to say it. The title refers to them. Yeah. That's one of my favorite who, you know, aliens ever, you know? So, I mean, there's so many ways to, to, but sticking a guy in a suit and just, yeah. okay. All right. And so I just couldn't care less about the dregs and, um, at least they yeah. look better than hyphen. The, Imagine if the same commitment was being made to the dregs as had been made to hyphen. There you go. You know so, what you'd have? You'd have survival. You'd have the last episode of the original <laughs> series. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, the only reason for me, I think the dreg worked. And are we, aren't we to assume once we get the twist? And I know we're going to talk about that, but aren't we to assume that those are humans? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's it's an explanation that makes some sense, at least. Yeah, yeah. So that that's probably the only reason it really works for me. Yeah, because they, yeah, in suits, dudes in suits, definitely. <laughs> and it, and it's not three of them out there going. Ugh. There's a there's a CG shot that shows a mountain that's just covered with them. Right. So yeah. you know, there's a, there's a quick shot where there's hundreds of them. And so I did think that was kind of awesome, but I don't know. <sighs> so moving right along. Oh, no. <laughs> Even though we don't have... Okay, go ahead. Keep going. We're talking about the dregs. I know social media has already been all over this one, too, today. But it's fresh on my mind because we've just covered this exact same thing uh, in an episode of Relativity not too long ago. So I've been writing about it. I've been, you know, anyway. Animals and plants do not breed the same way. <laughs> we, we, we're part of a cycle, yes, yeah. of oxygen and carbon dioxide. But you can <laughs> Yeah. It does the same way. I mean, uh, trees are not literally uh, respiring. They don't. They don't breathe in and breathe out. <laughs> that, that's not how it works. 
And so if you, there's this moment where, you know, Yaz has the great idea. She's got an oxygen hose. So she sprays it at the, at the drag and the drag recoils, you know, because they breathe carbon dioxide. Well, if, if the idea is, <laughs> I just don't even know if it's worth going into. <laughs> Go for it. So take a tank of oxygen outside to your nearest forest and spray it at a tree and watch the tree wither. <laughs> yeah. That's, it's just not how it works. You, Anyway, <laughs> if they're walking around on the surface of this planet and there's any oxygen at all, it yeah. wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Or, or just like if they were to spray carbon dioxide at us, are we just going <laughs> to fall over? Right. No, no, we don't fall over and die. Right. No, <laughs> that's just not, you know, after a while. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but so, I, I don't know. In any case. The <laughs> but speaking of oxygen and carbon dioxide, yes. how convenient is it? That the doctor who talks a lot, I did think that was kind of cool that she runs out of air first because she talks so much. Yes, okay. That was, awesome. that, that was awesome. But she just decides to go up and put the thing just close enough to the face and realize, <laughs> oh, they breathe out <laughs> oxygen. And of many stunning coincidences in this episode. Yes. <laughs> How convenient. Hmm? Yeah. That, that's almost How brilliant. How brilliant that is. But, but yeah. Uh, it's almost as uh, helpful coincidence as it, that the luxury resort has an easily exposed nuclear drive right near its entrance that has a handfuge extractor right at the top. Uh, yeah. Uh, what? Uh, All right. Be- so we've been talking about Kane and Bella. Let's talk about the green-haired guys for a second. Yeah. What did you guys think of them? We, I mean, I know we briefly mentioned them at the beginning, talking about their green hair, but as characters, thoughts? Oh, I freaking love these two. They were the comedy relief of the episode. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's not too big of a stretch to think of a time where you were a little kid and your dad was doing something and you were trying to correct them, but you know, it bug off, you know? <laughs> so I just really love that. Um, Especially if you think like today's world where uh, kids are like tech geniuses and the parents have to, you know, can barely, barely program the VCR going back a little bit. Uh, but but I That's love that pieces. Yeah, it's definitely me programming my VCR for my <laughs> parents and uh-huh. whatever else tech thing it was. And I was smaller. So I thought that was great. I really love their relation relationship. Cool. All right. Yeah, and, and the doctor gets Silas right away, you know. Uh, uh, well, so does Graham, too. And I, I really yeah. like that. You know, but he says, you know, when, uh, when, uh, uh, what's his name? Nevy says, uh, uh, yeah, let's get in the truck. I built it myself. And he, oh. says, <laughs> he says to Silas, please tell me you helped him. Yes. <laughs> that was cool. And his face just lights up. You know, hey, here's an older dude who gets me. This is, you know, of course. Cool. Uh, but Nevy is. He's. I, I, I think if there's somebody that uh, people in uh, the UK were excited about seeing turn up on a Doctor Who, it, it was it was that guy, uh, James Buckley, because they're enjoying him in another show right now. So, but okay. here he is. At, at and I don't know what he's in now. Are you talking about? Is it, you talking about the father or the son? The father. Father. Now, yeah. are you referring to the in betweeners? No, you're right. Yeah, it was the in betweeners, and that's when that's that's not yet going on, is it? That's no, I don't. Of, I think that's finished. I'm a god. Anyway, so yeah. people know him from the in-betweeners. Yeah. Cool. And I think the kid is in his dark materials on uh, NH- correct. NHVO, but right. I, which I've not seen, but I, I've heard that it's good. 
So, so curious. I've run out of things to talk about other than the ending. And I'm curious before we get to the ending, do you guys have any other topics in your notes that you wanted to bring up before we talk about the preaching ending? <laughs> uh, let me see. I got a lot of notes here, but we've hit them all over the place. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. So we're on the earth. Okay. Surprise. It's planet of the apes. <laughs> How, how many times, according to classic who has the earth been destroyed and, and, and at different times? I mean, mm. we've been told that the earth uh, it was uh, completely laid waste by a shift in solar winds at one point. And we know that the earth is consumed by the sun. We saw that in uh, end of the world. Um, you know, I, I'm sure there are others. So, so here's a future history. Here's a future of Earth that the doctors never encountered before. She didn't know that was going to happen. So, I, 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 it's just, it's just a continuity problem. It's like, well, the, or these are parallel Earths. Yeah, maybe, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So, Clarence, but, what about you? What are your uh, other thoughts or topics? <laughs> so, I have to admit, like up until the very end, I really thought I was having an okay time, but watching it again, <laughs> not so much. But I have to say what really, really bugged me, and I know we've talked about this fixed point of time concept, and sometimes you can change things, mm-hmm. but it like really bugged me that the doctor told Yaz, Ryan, and Graham that this isn't a definite future. You can change it. And it definitely was a message for us as the viewer uh, for our planet, uh, but as far as like how things work in Doctor Who, it really it didn't sit well with me at all. I'm like, you tell them they can change it, but are things fixed? And me, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Which is it, Doc? Yeah. yeah. And what's worse is that when they they rematerialize around the TARDIS console and they are looking at each other, what's just happened is that we've watched Kane and Bella go off to what appears to be certain death. Ryan just got a kiss. Good on him, mate. <laughs> and, uh, and he's concerned about Bella. And, you know, so what we get is she'll be fine. No, no, she won't. And then the doctor says, I know what you're thinking. Well, what I was thinking was, let's go help them. Yeah. <laughs> Could have been so, so much of a better ending and so much more I, dramatic. Yes. Rocky as that final monologue is. Yes. So, so this is where this just like, totally spiraled and went, you know, it just, it it was kind of like what you said, Clarence, it just didn't sit right with me because I keep hearing ever since Dr. Who has come back, there is a portion of the who fandom who have said that Dr. Who has an agenda that Dr. Who is, (laughs) you know, fill in the blank, whether it be with from the days of captain Jack to any character that we've seen since that being said, me personally, I've never felt that Doctor Who was preaching to me. That last scene, that monologue from the Doctor, however true it might be, it is a hundred percent true. Everything that she said, it was just did not seem organic that she was basically berating the three companions and saying, you know, you've got all this potential and you're the human race and and whatever and whatever if she would have been saying that to bella or if she would have been saying that to anybody else but it just didn't seem real coming from her 
to them. And it felt for the first time somebody had an agenda, whether it be Chibnall or whether it be the writer, and they had something that they wanted to portray and they were using the platform and there it was. And I know majority of what we watch on television is a, there's some agenda or some personal something from everybody that writes something. They do put a personal opinion or a personal mm-hmm. thought. I get that. It, this for the first time felt like you were hitting me over the head with it. And I did not mm-hmm. like that. And, and I, I think that can be based that based upon the story just being very weak. I kind of have a feeling like if it was a really good story and they hit on the same tones, we wouldn't be as it wouldn't jump out as much. But the fact that the story mm. seemed very weak and then we're getting preached at at the end, like, eh, really? OK, <laughs> now I, I, I believe in the message that you're saying. Yeah, we do need to, you know, get our house in order. We want to keep going. But mm-hmm. but yeah, I just wish the, stro- the story would have been stronger and then those tones wouldn't have struck as hard at the end. Mm. Lee, what do you say? I hadn't thought about it that way, Clarence, but uh, you, you make me think immediately of uh, Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home, or the, oh the, the Save the Whales Star Trek. And you, you could feel like we're being bludgeoned with the Save the Whales, but but that, that whatever it is, 90 minutes of, of Star Trek is, is just such an entertaining romp, you know? Yeah. I, I don't I don't feel like I'm being uh, hit about the face and neck <laughs> about yeah. saving the whales. It's just, that just happens to be what they're doing and, and it's a good thing. But, but this was, this was an assault. This, you guys know my, you, you, you know my show cause you're in it. I mean, <laughs> relativity is ultimately, uh, you know, it's headed towards being about this exact same thing. But my God, if I am <laughs> ever get this preachy and this talky, please just you know, first give me a punch in the nose so to get my attention, and uh, then help me mop up the blood and say, "Listen, dude." Anyway, but but again, so, I go back to saying that I know everybody. You you Lee are putting a message into relativity, but you're not beating us over the head with it. You don't have a character that's coming out and saying, and it feels like she's, you know, you're like being scolded in elementary school. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're the only ones who can fix this and you better. Yeah. No. And, and and it's as if they deliberately made it worse than it had to be. What it made me think of, and this is going to be weird is the shadow. And I'll tell you what I mean by that, <laughs> because as as a fan of classic radio, of course, you know, one of the shows I have to love is The Shadow, um, just because it's, it's kind of a one of the original superhero stories. But the the pretense of the way the show is presented is that it's supposed to see if I can remember what the opening announcement says or closing announcement says that uh, that it's supposed to demonstrate to audiences young and old alike that the weed of crime bears bitter fruit. And crime does not pay. Well, what it tells us week after week is if you're a bad guy, you're going to ultimately be caught by somebody who can turn invisible. Um, and I would say that in the real world, that's probably not what's going to happen to you if you're a bad guy. <laughs> so really, what does the shadow teach you? <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's just kind of a stupid way of trying to make that point. The shadow, the, the shadow show doesn't teach you that, that crime does not pay. It doesn't teach you anything like that. So this ends with exactly the same kind of thing. The doctor says you can be the best of humanity or, and we cut to a shot of a snarling dreg. We said, really, if we don't fix the environment right now, the result is going to be snaggletooth monsters. Okay. 
And on the Whoa. next Doctor Who... Thanks, Doc. Yeah, thanks for setting what? us straight on that. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. That is not what's going to happen. <laughs> it, or maybe in one possible uh, timeline. Well, yeah, I, uh, I admit it's one possibility. But no, that doesn't teach us anything. Mm. But So I have an angle here, and I want to ask a question before I give my angle. And that is... It takes us away, or it takes you away from Series 11. I'm trying to remember, did you guys enjoy that? This is the one with the little girl who was blind, was being left at home by her father, who was going through the mirror. Right. I I remember liking that episode. Yeah. Yeah. And we end up with the, the universe as Frog. Yes. Yes. So my question then becomes by being Yoda, I think, or or am I conflating things? (laughs) I think I'm conflating things. So here's my question. This is written by the same gentleman as who who wrote (laughs) It Takes You Away. And I remember liking that episode too. This was the second to the last episode of series 11. And I remember liking that episode too. That all of that said, I see this hand and I see Chibnall's hand coming down and saying, oh, okay, well, you're doing this in the story and you're doing that in the story. No, no, no. We need to change this and we need to do this and we need to blah, 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 and take that out and take this out. And, oh, and I want you to change that ending and make it blah, blah, because that fits with my whatever. Right. I may be wrong there, but it just seems. Maybe not Chibnall, but certainly I had that sense too, Kyle. I thought this has got, feels like a writer who knows what they're doing is being strong armed by somebody up the, up the totem pole at the BBC who says, you know, I think you want to hit that environment message a little harder there toward the end, you know? And the writer says, okay, or, or you know, or whatever. Right. Uh, I, because, because I know, you know, I've been in a, I've been in a business and I could tell you that happens all the time. time. Um, and I thank God that when I was at uh, Star Trek Next Generation, nobody was really talking about toys. <laughs> and, and you know that on this show that, that there, there would have been a meeting where they would have said, okay, what do these dregs look like? Uh, is yeah, there action figure potential in there? Or so what about uh, hyphen? You think uh, people are going to want to oh, cosplay yeah. hyphen as a cow? How are we going to, how do we make all that no, stuff work? No, we're going to, we're going to cut about out this? the how hyphen. About, we're gonna. <laughs> how about uh, how about this vehicle they get into? Is that something we can uh, kind of get a kid out of, or something? You know. So and, and you know and and the writer just has to say, okay, uh, all right, then I'll I'll say that's what the dregs look like. Then, Ugh. you know, mm. that's how it happens. Yeah, and I was gonna add like a a bit off of what we just said. I think maybe your enjoyment of this episode hinges on the the uh, twist, which. For me, I saw coming a mile away. Really? So therefore, nothing else in the episode, <laughs> other than seeing the the you know the companions have a little bit of fun. Yeah. Nothing else in the episode was really redeemable. Or great. No, it was no right. If that's the part that was supposed to win you over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, if, if that if that oh. part that you know I mentioned clever uh, having cleverness in Doctor Who is what mm-hmm. gets me, and you know I think I got. Uh, clever doctor moments in, mm-hmm. in the in Spyfall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Spyfall. I'm saying it right. <laughs> and and uh, in this episode, I think the part that I really got nothing clever from the doctor, but the part in the writing that was supposed to come across as clever really just kind of fell flat. 
And if you're talking about the other episode this is, that this writer wrote from from last season, I felt there were plenty of clever things in that writing with the whole upside down yes. thing and the yes. everything being backwards and the blind girl that really were just great concepts. Yeah. And this one is just uh, conceptless. Just yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, no, it's uh, I mean, if there is anything that is a template that you can stick things into in Doctor Who, it's the base under siege. And this is a classic era base under siege story. And, and and I'll say in defense of base under siege stories, sometimes you get the doctor at uh, his or her best in those stories because the doctor's attitude is always, I'm going to save all these people no matter what the cost may be to me. And I don't care which of them is fighting with the other. I'm saving everybody. Uh, and that's how it's going to be, you know. And I always love that. I love that about the doctor. And we got that this time. We did. Mm. But it's a base under siege story. And, you know. With guys in suits uh, snarling at us and uh, and a big sermon at the end. But but see, sermon notwithstanding, yeah, no, we didn't need the sermon. But if they would have decided to take this route, so so picture this: instead of having the closing scene, instead of having the sermon after the TARDIS, or after they're transported back for the TARDIS, you you switch to a scene. It's that tunnel again, and you see some word or something that's written in English, some something that the the audience would recognize that this mm. planet was Earth, and then it just goes <laughs> off. That would be, to me, I know that's oh, still cliche. Yeah, okay. well, but you really do want uh, Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Apes, exactly. I know, and I know that's Planet of the Apes, and I know it's cliched, but uh, hell, all the in this it was works. cliche, too. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Peace on Earth was all it said. <laughs> no, I, I kind of remember really to like that. the Russian tunnel, though. I really did like that in this episode. I was like, okay, all right. You know, I thought this was pretty cool. Yep, true. Before we completely bash this episode, the question I have is, do either of you have any other topics before we get into our favorite scene? And through my notes, I, I, I made a lot of notes, but uh, no, I think we've, we've covered it. We did it. For right. me. Mr. Brown? I really thought the, the girl, I keep forgetting her name. Is it Kane or Ella? Which one is it? Bella. Bella. <laughs> Ella. I really thought she was going to be a good guy and Ryan was going to have <laughs> a new boo. But <laughs> yeah, but we know <laughs> we know they're going to have to part ways at the end. So she's either going to get killed or turn out to be the bad guy. Yeah. Or so, both. Or both. <laughs> so disappointing. So yeah. Disappointing. I, I did like I did like just as a little visual thing. I did like her sort of she put her thumb in her mouth at the end and he did it, too. That, that was a nice little, you know. I, I remember when kind of little thing. I, I like that. Mm, cool. Favorite scene. Lee, what say you? Oh, uh, easily, because it was early in the episode, uh, Ryan dealing with the hopper virus. You know, just, uh, just a great performance from that actor, really, if you think about it. Yeah, yeah. So, right. and remember, the bats aren't real. <laughs> Clarence. Uh, we've talked about it already, but my favorite scene was the whole scene when, when uh, Bella and Ryan are sitting on the transport talking. The doctor sits between them. And Yaz is like, you know, what, what, yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> just, Go away. Go I, away. <laughs> I laughed out loud both times I saw that. <laughs> so it's cute. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So that's going to be my favorite scene as well. So <laughs> I'm going to say favorite quote. All right. Clarence, what say ye? Favorite quote. Oh, what was my favorite quote? Uh, I don't know if I had one. <laughs> <laughs> I really, something right there, doesn't it? <laughs> All right. Yeah. Lee. 
Uh, this is a brilliant little exchange. This is pure Douglas Adams. I just love this. Kane being topped by the doctor. Kane says, you can't build an ionic membrane from a, from scratch. And the doctor says, if I had crayons and half a can of spam, I could build you from scratch. <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> yeah. If I had crayons and half a can of spam. <laughs> wow. That's good. Right. For my favorite quote, it would have to be, Benny, have you oh, seen God. Benny? Really? You just took the. <laughs> Which one of you killed my Benny? Yeah. Now that was cool. You've got to give her credit. She Absolutely. she bravely went to her demise asking about her Benny. Yeah, yeah. And, and can I can I say my favorite quote is what wasn't said? All right, because what? Benny was finna propose when yeah. when Yaz walks up and he just has to hold his tongue and close he the had, ring. Had the and everything. Yeah, yeah. All right. Question. Final rating. And I'm going to actually not start, but I want to give a rating that I saw that our friend and (laughs) contributor Nicole Nicole, gave. (laughs) I'm inspired by Nicole's rating as well. All right. So Nicole gives it a stellar, awesome, amazing one out of five. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 8%. So... Lee Shackelford. <laughs> Following I up that stellar one out of five. Too many things about this episode that I did actually like in its first half. So I'm going to give it a 2.5 out of five. Yeah. All right. Clarence Brown. I'm going to go with two, 2.0. And reason being, I mean, I, I think this is my least favorite of the new Doctor episodes, including last season. Mm. Okay. So for me... I did have fun with it. I admit, I did have fun, but I did not like the preaching. I did not like the, it felt so out of context, so out of character and hyphen and all of that. But because of Benny, I'm going to give it a 1.9999999999. I'm not going to give it a two, but uh, I, I, I don't like the preachiness. So that's, that's going to be mine. There you go. But, I did. I mean, I I, I did enjoy part. So I'm, I I want to be positive here. So I did enjoy part, but I just think it fell apart. Expedientious, you know, whatever. So uh, <laughs> I will. You know, you just inspired me to do something. I, I, it, we're going to go to Kasturbaris together, or things like that. I will give a crisp five dollar bill to anybody I see cosplaying as hyphen. <laughs> Get your hyphen costumes ready, folks. Just saying. (laughs) So they, you know what? If you do that, they actually, that was a good return on their investment because they spent a (laughs) dollar on the, and you gave them five. Bucks. Yeah. You know, wow. Go ye, mate. Wow. That's good. Kind of you. I've worn a big bushy tail like that when I was doing children's theater. I was a fox in Pinocchio. Oh. And uh, it's harder to get around with a big bushy tail than you might think. If you're not born, it's balance, man. There you go. It's, it's all about the balance. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, Lee Shackleford, yes. where else might you be found on the internet? I'm going to keep pointing uh, everybody towards uh, my uh, sci-fi radio drama serial starring Clarence Brown and Kyle Jones. Hey, uh, relativity and which you can find all over the place, but, um, start at relativitypodcast.com. Awesome. awesome. How about you, Clarence? 
I'm going to point everyone that is listening to this podcast to go to YouTube and check out the Discussing Network YouTube page. Make sure you subscribe, hit that like button, and, you know, check out our videos, which hopefully we'll be posting more lately. So check us out on YouTube. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I will point everyone listening to Facebook and the Discussing Network Facebook group where we talk about Doctor Who, comic books, Star Trek, and everything else in between. So just do a search for Discussing Networks and group and join. We'd be glad and happy to have you. So, gentlemen, this wasn't the best episode, but it was a Doctor Who episode, and I had fun reviewing it with the two of you, as always. So for everyone listening, we will be back next time with a brand new review of the next episode. So tune in next time and we will be back next time. Dum, dum, dum. Thank, thanks in part to Nikola Tesla, I may say. Yeah. <laughs> and Ada Lovelace. Yes. <laughs> and Benny. And Benny. No. <laughs> he has nothing to do with electronics and communication. <laughs> thanks as far as I know. Up I, the world. That's why yeah. we're here. That's right. Should we still happen to be alive because we screwed up the planet? You did it! Wait, Charlton hits his head at the end of it. Ah, you blew it up! Oh, (laughs) damn you all to hell! I love you! You finally did it! You maniacs! One of the greatest movie scenes ever. You've been listening to The Discussing Network. Find out more at discussingnetwork.com. Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. 180,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre. They've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all from that vast library. But we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song. And they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices, Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant. The list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audible trial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that?